Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. Hello. Okay, so episode 11, jumping into a cut. I thought this would be a great topic um, as the new year is here. And usually everyone starts getting their weight loss goals ready, you know, getting your favorite colored milky pens and highlighters out, um, writing in your diaries and your journals about how much weight you're going to lose this year and how different this year is going to be. Let's take a step back and look at why we shouldn't necessarily be setting weight loss goals once again why January 1st shouldn't be the national eat less calorie day. In order to get into that, we need to go over the phases of dieting and what they are. I can just sit here and tell you not to cut calories, but unless you know the process and all the different phases, it's not really going to make much sense. So I want to kind of link the phases together and show you why A diet should not be, well, a cut should not be your first step. So first, remember the word diet is just the sum of food consumed by someone. It is not a period of time where you try and lose weight. It has kind of morphed into that word, but a diet in Webster's Dictionary is just what a person eats whether it's less than they burn, whether it's exactly what they burn, whether it's over, whether it's vegan or vegetarian or carnivore, a diet is simply just what you eat. You are not you are technically on a diet every single day because once again, it's just what you eat. The true word for what people mean when they say they're on a diet is that they are in a caloric deficit aka a cut, a calorie cut. So if someone is talking about being in a diet and they are talking about losing weight or eating less calories, they really are talking about being in a caloric deficit. Every single person is on a diet every single day. So that's just some verbiage clear up. Um, So the first phase of dieting, which I'm going to talk about and what is the most important phase and the least respected phase is called maintenance. 
This is the phase that you should spend the most time in. This is the phase that you should be the happiest in. And this is the phase that should be the most common in your diet. And unfortunately for most people, it is definitely not. So maintenance means exactly kind of what the word sounds like. Keeping things even, right? You are just simply trying to maintain, aka stay where you are. So not have the scale jump up, not have the scale jump down. Of course, your body weight is going to vary a couple of pounds here or there, right? Like I vary from usually like 149 to 153, give or take. And obviously that can go up or down depending on any wild or, you know, different days. But my maintenance varies around four pounds, 148 to 153. That's five pounds. Whoops. Maintenance does not necessarily mean that your body composition stays the same, but it's more so that things are good where they are. You want to just kind of keep your calories even, right? And that means you eat just as much as you expend. So you input just as much as you export. You put as much food in your mouth as energy you are burning. This is going to vary every single day. It's not going to vary immensely, but it's never going to be the same exact calories, right? Like your caloric burn is going to be a little bit different probably every single day of your life, right? You don't take, you don't do the same exact thing any day of your life. Um, But there should be some sort of range Uh, based on your age, height, weight, activity level, and your body composition. Let's say for me, my energy exponential is probably around, you know, 21 to 2300 any given day. Okay, 21 to 2300 calories I expend every single day. So that is why I try and eat between 2100 and 2300 calories a day to kind of keep that balance. Um, For example, though, why it may uh, be different is let's say Monday, right? You're stuck in a lot of meetings at work. So you don't have all those steps, right? You walked 6,000 steps that day. But on Friday, you're out on site visits and you walk 15,000 steps. Obviously, on Friday, you're going to burn more energy. So on Friday, you could have taken in a little bit more in order to maintain that. But it's going to differ for every person in some sort of range. This is where most people should be for the most amount of time, sitting in this happy equilibrium, in, out, homeostasis. Um, This is also the place where you can make massive body composition changes. And body composition is a fancy way to say how you look, what your body is made up of. Is it made up of mostly fat? Is it made up of mostly muscle? Is it half and half? Um, Are you tight? Are your inches small? Are you loose? Do you have bigger inches? Are your jean sizes bigger? All right, this maintenance period is where we can change that dramatically. Um, It is a way for you to increase your muscle 
and lose your body fat. And this is the phase that everyone should be in if they want to get that quote unquote toned look, right? You don't really get that toned look in a cut because you're not putting on any muscle. You get that toned look in maintenance when you're able to lose body fat and put on muscle. Okay, remember, you don't transfer one to the other, right? Body fat does not turn into muscle. They're two different things, okay? But you can lose one and gain the other. This phase is where you can lose a jean size, lose a dress size, lose inches, right? Just because this phase is called maintenance doesn't necessarily mean you are staying the absolute same. Someone's body can change dramatically in this phase. The scale might not go down a lot, but you could lose 10 inches. And really, who really cares about the number on the scale if your inches are shrinking, right? Don't you care more about how you look than what a number says? In this phase, you also should have some really great biofeedback, right? Your biofeedback is all the things your body is kind of telling you. You should be happy. You're eating. Your energy should be nice and high. You should be sleeping well. Your skin should have a nice glow. It's hydrated. Your digestion should be good, right? You're not starving. You're not overeating. Stress should be low, once again, because you're fueling yourself. You're not overly concerned with food. Um, Your hunger cues should be right on time, getting fed. Everything should kind of be a-okay. And again, of course, you are going to have days that things happen and you don't sleep well. Maybe you're hungrier than others. You're stressed. Of course, not every day is going to be butterflies and roses. But in maintenance, it should be easier. How you go about making these changes in maintenance is a couple of steps. You first have to focus on protein, right? You still should be tracking your food. Just because you're in maintenance doesn't mean you kind of get like free will and you can kind of just eat intuitively. Because I bet if anyone just went for it and ate intuitively, unless you've been doing this for decades, you're not going to be eating in balance. Uh, We give ourselves a lot more credit for our guesses and our estimations than we should. Um, I can eat intuitively every once in a while. But I have to check myself too, and I've been doing this for years. So we definitely should still be tracking. Um, We can just be focusing though on protein and calories. We can kind of let carbs and fats fall where they fall as long as we are within our calorie goal and we are hitting our protein. So for example, I'll use myself again. If I'm in maintenance and I'm a little bit lax, I'm going to shoot for 2,100 calories a day and 170 to 180 grams of protein. Um, That is over my body weight, yes, but I like more of a 1.2 gram per body pound. So I know that if I hit 180 grams of protein and 2,100 calories, my carbs and fats are somewhere in balance, and that's okay. So that's kind of where I am, but I'm absolutely still focusing on protein, making sure it is nice and high. Another thing you have to do in maintenance if you are looking to lose inches is follow a progressive overload training program. You must lift weights. You must follow a strength program. You must do resistance training. You are going to lose muscle if you do not lift. If you go to boot camps and do cardio, it is inevitable. You are going to be burning too many calories in that moment. 
You're probably not eating enough to maintain your muscle. You're probably definitely not eating enough to grow. You're also not stressing your muscles. You are not working them hard enough. Um, So you are not going to see muscle growth. When you follow this program, you are not just going to work out. You are going to train. Training and working out are different things. You know, Susie Q walks into the gym to work out. She hits a couple machines, does a circuit, you know, is on her phone while she's doing a leg extension. She feels a burn. She stops. To her, that's great. Every exercise, she felt a burn. To her, she killed it. Okay, but burn does not equal effort. Okay, burn is literally just a buildup of hydrogen ions in your muscle. It does not tell anything. You must be training hard. Okay, high intensity effort. Nine on the RPE scale, rate of perceived exertion, right? I cannot do any more. If someone had a gun to my head, I still probably could not get this leg extension machine up. And that's where you want to be. A lot easier to judge when you're on machines um, or with dumbbells for upper body. A little bit trickier with barbells for lower body, but you can still go pretty hard. You have to be training hard. Your daily movement has to be up. You can't be a slug sitting or your whole energy expenditure is going to go down and you're going to start gaining weight because you're eating more than you think you're burning. We have to keep those steps nice and high, 8,000 or higher, okay? And we have to be getting proper sleep, proper recovery, stress management. We still have to be taking care of ourselves. And if we do start to see the scale shift upwards, we have to self-assess our energy expenditure. We have to look at, am I moving less? Am I not training as hard? What's going on? Do I need to like really dial in and start tracking again just to make sure I'm not guessing on too many things? You're going to have to self-assess if the scale starts to really ebb and flow. Usually it's a you error. Um, Usually you are moving less or you are eating too much and then you can easily fix it. But dialing in and auditing yourself is a great way to keep yourself in maintenance and hold yourself accountable. Again, this should be the happy place. This is where you can go out to eat a little bit more. This is where you can have a drink or two and, you know, not think it's holding you back from fat loss goals. This is the place where everyone talks about is the balance, right? The happiness between health and social life. This is where you want to be. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of people associate this with not losing weight and staying put when they have all these goals. And that's not the case. Some of my most unbelievable transformations for my clients, they've never even cut. They have stayed in maintenance the whole time and just really worked on dialing in their nutrition and lifting heavy and their bodies have completely morphed and they've never had to drop calories. So we not only healed their internal health, giving them more energy, better sleep, better skin, better hair, Okay, they lost inches, got fitter, got tighter. Um, This is a great, great place and where everyone should strive to be. Now we're going to get into what everyone rushes into and what everyone has probably set their resolutions for on the first. A cut, aka the caloric deficit, what people refer to as a diet. A caloric deficit is where you are eating less than you are burning. So you are inputting less than you are exporting. This is the only way you can lose weight. Um, It is basic science, simple math, less in, more out, 
equals the scale going down. Okay, this is what it is. There is no trick. There is no fat burner. There is no pill. There is a shot. And guess what that shot does? It makes you eat less than what you burn. It is just doing the same exact thing. It's just forcing you to do it without doing much work. This, for some reason, is where people rush to. This is where they want to be. And honestly, it's because they're not doing it right. Anyone who's been in a true cut, in a true caloric deficit, who has done this correctly, knows it sucks. You are hungry. Your energy is lower. Your sleep is not as good. This should not be fun or easy. You have to sacrifice social events, sacrifice drinks, sacrifice meals out. This shouldn't be a place where you can live. Um, It is not enjoyable. And if it is, something is not right. You are not doing this right, right? You shouldn't really be able to live in balance in your cut. There absolutely should be sacrifices. There shouldn't be meals out. There shouldn't be booze. Um, This is where you can lose weight on the scale. And yes, some body fat. But it's very difficult to put on muscle in this phase. It is not impossible, especially if you are new to strength training. Um, It's called the newbie gains, right? And very jealous of everybody who's in that spot. If you are new to strength training, you can, in a cut, if you're a beginner, put on muscle at the same time you're losing fat. That does disappear after a year or so, right? You can't always be in that phase. You cannot live in a cut and expect to grow muscle. If you are shaking your head and you're like, no, I've been in a cut and grown muscle, you haven't. What's happened is you've lost body fat and you've seen muscle that you already had. You didn't grow new muscle. Your body fat got lower so you saw the muscle that was underneath the whole time. Um, So this is more for the scale. During this time, it is essential to still keep protein high. You don't want the scale to drop because you're losing muscle. That's everyone's skinny fat, right? Oh, yay, the scale's dropping. Well, it's because my muscle is leaving because I'm not focusing on protein and I'm not lifting. So I actually have a higher body fat percentage than I did when I started. You should absolutely still strength train. You can strength train with just as much effort. You don't have to take it down a notch. You don't have to train lighter because you're not eating as much. It might come to that right? Like your back squat that was 200 pounds for five when you were in maintenance might now be 185 for five because you just can't do it anymore. That wasn't your intention. You attempted 200, but it just wasn't there because you don't have enough energy. So you don't need to purposely lower your training volume or your lifting or your weights, but it just may be inevitable with less energy, less calories. You can still train hard as shit, Um, I'm very lucky in the sense that when I was on my last cut, which I did not do so great on, so I can't really, I guess I'm not the best judge, but I didn't really lose much energy or much effort in the gym. I still felt pretty damn strong. Um, But again, I wasn't in a crazy caloric deficit, so that's probably why. Um, You should not jump into hours and hours of cardio. That should be Something you do at the end, maybe, if the scale is plateaued. But remember, cardio pumps out ghrelin, the hunger hormone. So if you dive into a ton of cardio in a cut, you are going to be hungry. Being extra hungry in a cut is literally torture. Don't do that to yourself. 
Okay, if, the second you try and lose weight, don't just go run 12 miles a day. The scale might drop a little bit, but you're going to be starving. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be hangry. It's not going to be a good time. Save the cardio for if you absolutely need it. If the scale plateaus, stick with just strength training, stick with some low in, low interval steady cardio, maybe once a week, make sure your steps are high, let the scale do its thing. And if you need to then throw in cardio later on, go for it. But if you start out with an hour of cardio a day in your diet, in your cut, and then five weeks in the scale plateaus, there are two options. Well, I guess there are three options. One, you can stop your cut. Two, you can cut your calories even more. So eating less and less, no one should want to do that. Or you can up your cardio. So the hour a day now goes to 90 minutes a day. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't think many of you have time for that. So setting the bar high for cardio on your first week of a cut is pretty much self-sabotage, okay? So you want to keep cardio in your back pocket for later on in the cut if the scale plateaus. Do not start with it. Do not make it an everyday thing. In a cut, you should not be eating out. And yes, Chipotle counts as eating out. A Starbucks egg sandwich counts as eating out. Dinners at your in-laws counts as eating out. Anything that you are not physically cooking and weighing yourself counts as eating out. And why is that? Because you don't know the real macros. Yes, Starbucks egg sandwich has the macros. Is every single one made the same? Absolutely not. Chipotle has the macros. Is every bowl made the same? Absolutely not. You see how they scoop stuff? There could be a major difference between... Kevin's double scoop avocado and Karen's double scoop avocado, like over a hundred calories difference probably. So yes, it's an estimate, but we need to not be eating out. Restaurants should be really off the table because we definitely don't know how they're cooking it. Um, The oil, the butter, the sodium, what the weight is. If you are really serious about a cut, you don't go out to eat. Maybe once a week, every three weeks for date night where you save every calorie you have, but it needs to be zero, right? This is why cuts should suck. This is why you shouldn't be excited for one or dying to get into one. Alcohol, zero. For the ladies who have kids, pretend like you're pregnant and even less. I had a glass of wine when I was pregnant. You shouldn't have a glass of wine when you're in a cut. It is a direct inhibitor of weight loss, of fat loss, okay? It is looked at as a poison, Your body shuts down all the unnecessary life, not signals, but life things going on in your body in order to get the poison out. So you cannot lose fat while your body is fighting the alcohol. Booze should not be included. Okay, That's another reason why this stinks. All your meals need to be logged, weighed, and tracked. There needs to be routine. None of this, I get so bored of eating the same thing. Well, unless you want to cook, weigh, and log a different meal for every day and then power to you, it's got to be routine. It's got to be habit. Prep has to be important. All right? A true cut is not only when it's convenient, and that's where most people go wrong, right? They diet or they cut from Monday to Thursday. They do really well, and then they kind of do their own thing Friday through Sunday, but in their head, They're expecting results like they just nailed seven out of seven days a week, okay? Or they do January spot on, dry January, right? Who's doing that? 
I'm so great. I didn't drink at all in January. It's four weeks. And then February comes and they drink Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then they drink the next week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So yeah, you had a great four weeks. Four weeks is a hiccup in time. Um, you can't just kill it for one month, go rogue for a week, come back for another month, and then go rogue for two months. You can't have this up and down, up and down journey and claim that you've been in a diet for six months when half of that time you really haven't. We have to open our eyes to the actual reality of what we're doing if we claim we're in a diet, right? If you're not hitting your protocol day in and day out for an eight to 12 week span, you're not doing it properly, okay? I don't care about that. Well, it was just one Friday. It was just this day. Well, those just ones add up to a lot more than just one. And if you're doing a diet or a cut for 10 weeks, and you have seven, eight days that, you know, whoops, just happened, that's a good chunk of your time, right? You can easily eat back a whole week's worth of a deficit in one Saturday at the bar, okay? We have to realize how easy it is to throw back calories and to negate progress. Um, Another thing is the more you cut, the harder it gets. Your body adapts and learns to what you are doing. So every time you decide to cut calories, your body gets smarter and smarter. If you diet every January 1st and then every May 1st for the summer and then every September 1st because the summer's over, your body knows the deal. It sees what's happening. It slows down your metabolism. It slows down your bodily functions. And within two weeks or so, Your body is just moving slower and you're not losing weight anymore because you're not expending that much energy. So every time you start a diet, every time you start over, you're making it harder and harder for yourself. So stop rushing into these cuts. Spend a long time in maintenance and let your body be surprised again and actually lose weight. Okay, If you are starting over every Monday, nothing is going to happen. If you are starting over every two months, nothing is going to happen. You have to hit the pause button, okay? Stay in maintenance for a long period of time and then do an honest cut. The last phase, which most people would never dream of, especially my lady listeners, um, is a bulk. Yes, this is more common for males, um, but I have dabbled with one. A couple of my clients have. And this is where you eat more than you burn. So you are inputting more than you're exporting. And I know it may sound crazy, but I think some of you need to check yourself because look around this country, look around your neighborhood. More people are in a bulk than we think. Most of this population is actually in a bulk, aka overweight or obese. So it may sound crazy to like say out loud that I'm eating more than I'm exporting, but a lot of people are doing it. They just don't label it that because they're not tracking. Um, So a controlled bulk, right, is used for muscle gain. If it is hard for you to put on muscle or you want to get out of that skinny fat phase um, or you really want to build up a certain part of your body, you have to give your body calories to work with. You can't just build muscle out of thin air. Um, 
It doesn't just happen. There needs to be leftover calories. So after your body digests food, after your body makes sure you're breathing, after your body makes sure all your essential organs are running, the leftover calories can then be put to muscle building. Okay, Your body is not going to build yourself a butt if your liver can't function. Your body is not going to let your butt muscles grow if, you know, your stomach is not digesting properly. All the essential bodily functions have to happen before your body can put on muscle. And this is why you want to make sure you're eating enough and possibly eating more so you can build some muscle. Um, Also, the more calories you eat, the more energy you have. When you have more energy, you're going to be able to lift heavier weights. So therefore, you can put your muscle under more strain. Once again, build more muscle. So there's a lot of different aspects to why a bulk is so good for muscle building. You go into a bulk for a planned amount of time, just like you go into a cut, with the attention of growing muscle. Yes, some fat is going to happen. You are going to add some body fat. Um, It's inevitable. I've never met one person that has just put on muscle. Um, And you know what? That's okay. Because guess what usually happens after a nice big bulk is a nice cut to get that body fat off and show off all that muscle you worked hard for. Okay? It's the process of building the foundation and then shredding away the fat to show that strong foundation. Um, It's pretty awesome. You should be happy. You're eating. Um, And again, if you are not petrified of the scale, it's something pretty cool to uh, dive into. Now, let's get into the purpose, I guess, of this podcast of why you should not rush into a cut. And I know I talked a little bit about it and when I was talking about a cut, but I have a couple of checklist items that I want you guys to think of. And probably why 90% of you are going to fall victim to this and why you should listen to this checklist 400 times. Anytime you're thinking about cutting your calories, listen to this. Okay, so here's the first. Make sure you've spent at least six months not dieting. So that knocks out probably 80% of my listeners. Six months without cutting your calories. This means eating at your true maintenance or over. If you are an adult female, 25 and up, your maintenance is nothing lower probably than 1,600 calories. So all my Janes out there who are eating 1,200 1,300, 1,400 calories, you are not at maintenance. You are stressing the shit out of your body. So until you get to your true maintenance and then sit there for six months, you should not be dieting, okay? When my clients come to me, I assess where they're eating. They track their calories. I look at it. Obviously, I know it's not going to be perfect tracking. I see what they're eating. I, let's say they're eating, you know, 1,650 I make them get up to around anywhere between 1850 and probably 2100, depending on their size, age, and height, weight. And then they have to stay there for six months. This could be an eight-month process before I even let them chat about a cut. And I'm open with this. And maybe that's going to turn some of you off, but that's why my clients succeed and why their weight loss stays off. They have to earn it. You have to sit at your maintenance. You have to fix your internal health. You have to build muscle before you can cut, right? This ensures your safety, internal and external. 
we don't want to damage your hormones or metabolism even more. I mean, women already have enough hormonal issues, especially as we age, and it's already the number one excuse for females over the age of like 35. Oh, it's because I'm old. It's because my hormones are messed up. It's because my metabolism's messed up. So why, in my right mind, would I do something that made that even worse? And why, in your right mind, would you do the same thing? Slashing your calories over and over again is fucking with your hormones and your metabolism. You are only making worse the situation that you're already complaining about. We do not want to keep doing four-week diets in and out with nothing achieved. Okay, Four weeks is nothing. Four weeks of hard work will get you down four to five pounds maybe. Some, most of it's going to be water weight and bloat. Then you're going to eat normal for a week or so and it's all going to be back. Get off this hamster wheel of in and out of diets You know, whenever you just don't like the way your pants fit. Doing short diets over and over again exhausts you physically and mentally. It keeps you in this mindset that you're always in a diet. You're always in a cut, even though you're not, right? You're still enjoying things, like you're still doing what you want on the weekends. But it makes you believe you have this mentality of, ugh, I'm always trying to lose weight and nothing's working. I'm always trying to lose weight and nothing's working. You're not doing it properly. But it is. It gets draining. Okay, so if you've been eating at maintenance for six months, here is your next item you must check off. You have a consistent and solid routine around these things. Now, before I get into what these things are, the word consistent does not mean a couple of times a week. The word consistent does not mean for a week. The word consistent and solid means like six plus weeks. That you have a complete routine with all these things for a significant amount of time. Significant amount of time is multiple months in a row, okay? Not a roller coaster ride of consistency. Steady consistency of meal prep. You know how to weigh out, plan your meals, and be efficient and hit your macros. You hit your protein one gram per body weight every day. Of course, one or, you know every once in a while you're under, fine. But protein always happens. You are sleeping six to eight hours a night. Okay, You're not up every two hours with a newborn. You're not working overnights randomly and completely messing up your schedule. You're not flying internationally every other weekend. You are sleeping six to eight hours a night. You are strength training three to five times a week. An actual strength training. That does not mean orange theory strength classes. That does not mean boot camp strength classes. That means actual strength training. You are drinking over a hundred ounces of water a day. I know the minimum is half your body weight. That's trash. We don't want to be minimum here. We want to be better than average and, you know, A minus about 93% better. So we're going for a hundred ounces or more. You are handling your stress. This is a big one. You cannot make life harder if you're already struggling with maintenance habits, okay? You cannot ask for something harder when the easy thing is not getting done, all right? Imagine you're trying to save $5,000 this year and your financial advisor says, okay, for the first week, for the first month, let's start with 200 bucks, okay? 200 bucks, let's just start with a low a low number just to get you going and you show up and you're saving $75. 
and then you're only saving 100. And then you hit 125, but then you're back to 75. Why would you then ask your financial advisor, you know what, forget the 200, let's try 500. He would look at you like you're crazy. You didn't even save 200 a month. Why would you bump it up to 500? Why are you going to make this harder when you couldn't even do the easy part? And this is my big, like, I want to shake people moment. When they struggle with maintenance, they have not hit their macros for more than two weeks at a time. Their gym consistency is still all over. They hit their steps for the most part. Um, And then they're like, when can I cut? Sally, you can't do the easy part. A cut is harder. I'm not putting a cut on you when you're struggling with maintenance. You cannot ask for something harder when the easy thing is already stressing you out. Um, that's a big one, okay? So if you are consistent with all those things, good. Now you got two things. Your maintenance for six months, you have a solid and consistent routine. The next part, is this season of your life ready for a cut? It's always funny to me because one of the biggest um, reasons why people don't sign up for coaching is they, they claim life is too busy or not right now when life slows down, right? But if I was in the next line said, okay, well, I promise you that you can lose 20 pounds in two months. I bet you life wouldn't be that crazy, right? It's all about how you perceive your life or what goal or what is promised to you. And for some reason, people love hearing that they can diet and lose weight in a fast amount of time. You have to look at your calendar. If you are traveling, if it's the holidays, if you have six weddings in two months, do not set yourself up for failure, right? I've said this a million times on my (laughs) 10 episodes. I am not a fan of testing your willpower, okay? Willpower is a great thing and some people have a lot of it. Um, I'd give myself probably like a C minus on willpower. Um, but that's the last thing that I would want to do to someone, put them through all these hard obstacles during a cut. You want your cut to be an, the easiest it can be the path of least resistance. Cause it's already going to suck. Putting someone through a cut during the holidays is something that I have to have a serious talk with that client. It's not easy. Um, if someone has vacations coming up, they shouldn't go in a cut. If it's wedding season, they shouldn't go in a cut. No matter how strong they think they're going to be, most of the time I will get a check-in that week and be like, ah, I had this at cocktail hour. I, I, I had some drinks. I made a decent choice at my entree, right? But okay, so you didn't go balls to the wall, but you negated three to four days of a cut. So do not test your willpower. You don't need to be a superhero. You don't need to wear a cape, right? You don't need to fly around and tell everyone how great you did by not drinking at a wedding, right? That sucks. You need to look at your calendar and find a 10 to 12 week span where you are going to have the path of least resistance. It is okay to wait to have your cut. You can still make amazing changes in maintenance. Another thing, right? So you're three for three. You must have a healthy relationship with the scale. You cannot be about to jump off the roof if the scale goes up. You are not going to trend down every day or every week. It is literally impossible. No one that I've ever met in my life had a scale trend that went completely downward in a linear fashion. People have been close, but there are days where their scale is going to fluctuate up. 
whether you pooped, whether you had more salt, whether you're on your period, whether you ate later in the day, whether you had a bitchin' workout and your legs are filled with water to recover, things are going to affect the scale. If it is going to completely mess with you on some days when it's plateaued or a week when it's plateaued, then you're not ready. Because the last thing I want to hear is you bitching every single day or every week. Oh, we have to change something. The scale didn't go down. Oh my God, we have to change something. Hold your horses. Give it a second. Sometimes there's a plateau. We need to at least assess for two, two and a half weeks. Have you been hitting your protocol? There are other things. You have to have a good relationship with the scale. If that's going to make you mad, sad, or angry and lead you to quit or binge, then we're not there yet. And that's okay. Right? No one loses weight every single day for 12 weeks straight. Um, it's going to go up and down. And as long as it's trending down over the long period of time, you are golden. So here is the condensed checklist that I once put. First one, you have to feel awesome. Energy has to be high. You cannot be under a ton of stress and have low energy and then cut calories. You will literally fit, you will feel it physically and you will see it physically. Your hair will get brittle. Your skin will get dull. Um, you'll lose color in your skin. No one, who wants to weigh four pounds less but look like death? I hope no one. You need to be sleeping. Your hormones need to be in an optimal place. Good energy, good libido, good mood, regular period, right? That's a big thing. If you are still getting your period, if it's not regular, we have some internal health things to focus on first. Putting another stressor on your body when your menstrual cycle is not regulated is not a good idea. If you are pre-menopausal or starting menopause, you probably shouldn't be fini- like fooling around with slashing your calories. We don't want to upset your hormones even more. You should not have dieted for the last six months. You need to make sure your steps are 8,000 and over every day. You are lifting four times a week. Your stress levels are low. You have a well-balanced diet. You have good digestion. You have a good mindset. And you have someone to guide you and to hold you accountable. And that's a big one too, not just to plug myself. All right, so this checklist, and I know it knocks out 99% of you. But for some reason, women jump into diets more than anything I've ever seen before. Something that should suck, we seem to love. And I get it. Most of our self-care is painful, right? I made a reel on this once, how like men play golf for their self-care and I'm getting a Brazilian wax. Like, how does that even out, okay? And I know we're, we, we love our pain, but you need to pause the diets. You need to pause the cuts. You have to change something. Right. And I know a lot of you are shaking your head with these. No, I don't sleep well. No, my energy's low. Shoot, my period's random. I definitely don't go to the gym four times a week. My digestion's off. I always feel bloated. All these things are the reasons why you should not cut. Your body is telling you something. Listen to it. Right. I usually make fun of people who are like, I listened to my body and it told me this. Like, okay, your body doesn't talk to you per se, but it does send you signs. And if you shook your head during some of these and you're like, well, I'm always bloated, I'm definitely tired, then you shouldn't be lowering your calories. Listen, you would listen to your kid or your sister if they told you this, right? If your child came up to you and they were like, mom, my belly really hurts. I'm really tired. I mean, some of you would say like, go drink some water and see you later. But 
you would t- they have to focus on their internal health. Something is off. They have to eat better food, drink more water. You wouldn't tell them to skip breakfast. So l- listen to the biofeedback that your body is giving you. Look in the mirror. Do you look full of energy? Do you look bright-eyed? And if not, stop fucking limiting your calories. Fuel your body. Right? Like think about it with anything else in life. Your car is putt-putting around with no gas. Things are you know, you're barely making it. You can't accelerate. Are you going to go to the gas station and fill it up? Or are you just going to, you know, eh, I'm just going to, I'll cipher out some more gas. Everything else in your life, you fuel. You charge your phone battery. You fill up your gas tank. Um, but for some reason, we're all about taking away from our own body. Right? You plug your phone in w- with whatever chance you can get so it doesn't die. How about you start taking care of your body in that sense, right? Start fueling it so it doesn't die. Treat your body like your cell phone and you'll feel a lot better. I just made that up on the spot and I kind of like that analogy. Um, So if you're saying to yourself, all right, shoot, well, I definitely don't do all these things on the checklist. This is when you decide to eat more food. Focus on healing your internal health and then you can cut. Once you're internal health and your body trusts you again, that's when you can add a stressor onto your body. Dieting and cutting is a stressor. It stresses you out. So if you have 74 other things on your plate that are leading to stress, you can't put this on you. This is another reason why hit intervals and boot camps, not the best. Another major stressor. Women wonder why their cortisol is through the roof and their belly fat is hanging on. Well, hello, you're constantly dieting and doing high-intensity workouts. Slow down. Eat more. Move slower. Join the CJ Lifting and Lattes Club. Have a sip of coffee. Lift a weight. Chat a little bit. It's glorious. My life has changed. We have to focus on fixing the real problems. And then for once and for all, you do... 12 week cut, you see results that actually last. We have to stop racing people. Stop comparing yourself to Karen the Ozempic. Okay, you're not her. You're not shooting a weight loss chemical into your body and stopping your hunger hormones, right? You didn't choose that route. Pat yourself on the back. You're doing it the right way. Well, we're getting you there. You cannot compare yourself to these people. I don't want to say they're cheating um, because it's not illegal, but they're definitely not doing the work and they're definitely not going to last long term. You can. You can change your habits. You can focus on your internal health. You can get your energy back and you can do a cut the right way that will last. Right? No one's going to take away the habits that you learned. People are going to take away their weight loss drug eventually. And then what? So don't be the hare in the race. Let's be the tortoise. Do it the right way. Keep trekking along. Focus on healing the internal. And then we can cut. Then you can add the stressor. Then you can see the scale go down, right? Life is not a competition who can eat the least, who can weigh the least, or who can never feel hungry. Those are all horrible signs, right? It always makes me laugh when I'm in like the faculty room or just listening to people online at the store and they're like, I don't even get hungry anymore. This is awesome. Like, yo, idiot. That's actually awful. Like one of the first things a newborn baby does is nurse and eat. It's 
innate. You are supposed to eat. It literally keeps you alive, right? You can live outside on the streets naked with no clothes, but if you don't eat, you're going to die. So food, shelter, water, water and food are the most important things to you. So a drug or anything that keeps you from eating is literally killing yourself. So those things are not good. Um, it's not a bragging right to not be hungry. It's not a bragging right to be losing six pounds a week because you're not eating. Um, put your logical brain on, right? Feel bad for those people. If you want skin that glows and hair that's not evaporating to touch and energy to play with your kids and grandkids, if you want that, you need to fuel your body. You need to do this the right way, not the quick way. Compare it to like any other thing in your life again, right? You teach this lesson to your kids all the time. It's not about how fast you can do it. It's about how well you can do it, okay? Yet for some reason, we throw that lesson out the window with our own health. I I remember my parents telling me all the time, like with homework and projects and chores around the house, it's not about the speed. Get it done right. Get it done so it lasts, But for some reason, when we talk about weight loss, those go out the window. What's the quickest, fastest, least effort I can put in to lose this weight? Well, guess what? When you choose those options, the weight comes back and you also feel like shit. Yeah, you might be skinny, but you might have zero energy and complaining and tired and bitchy. Is that really worth it? I don't think so. If you still don't believe all this, right, and believe that you have to eat more to eventually lose weight, ask yourself this. Do I like the way I look and feel now? Unfortunately, a lot of you are probably going to say not yet or not fully. Okay, well then let's self-assess what you've done in the past. Have you been yo-yo dieting? Have you been crash dieting? Have you been eating a thousand calories a day? Have you been doing a ton of cardio? Have you been doing boot camps? If so, do something different. Change up the routine. Another fad diet, another quick fix doesn't count as changing up the routine. That's just another name. All these fad diets you've done could just be labeled fad diet one, fad diet two, fad diet three, right? One of my favorite quotes is the definition of insanity, right? It's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Crash diets after crash diets with more cardio and more cardio is the definition of insanity, You are doing the same thing every time, but for some reason, expecting it to work and last. It may work for a couple of weeks or months. Guess what? It's not lasting, and that's why you're here, and that's why you're listening, and that's why you're trying to figure out what to do next. Take a a step back, look at your diet history, and give something else a try. What is the worst that could happen? You already aren't happy with how you look. I can promise you that if you try this method that I'm talking about with maintenance and lifting, maybe the scale will go up. And if that scares you so much, you have some other issues to work on because I've never loved my body more at 150 than I have at 140. My inches are lower. My jean size is smaller. Yeah, the scale is 10 pounds heavier and I look way better. And that could be you too. Stop putting so much emphasis on that fucking number. Put it on your clothes. Put it on your energy level. Can you run around with your kids? Are you getting up in the morning 
ready to go. There are so many other variables that you can use to measure how you're doing, right? And yes, this is about to be a plug, but it also is a good point, and I don't even care if it's with me. I mean, I do. I would love to have everyone here with me, but you hire a cleaning lady for help for cleaning your house. You hire a hairdresser for help with your hair. You hire someone for makeup for special events. You hire a financial planner to help you with saving money a landscaper for your yard, a designer for your home, and all the other help that you spend money on. Hire a coach. When you hire a coach, you don't only just hire a coach, especially with our program, I hate calling it a program, our team. You hire a community to help you. Okay, You hire people who are on the same journey as you. You stop comparing yourself to Karen Ozempic and you start comparing yourself to Lindsay the lifter, okay? You see what these things can actually do for you. You surround yourself with like-minded people. One of my besties who is in our holiday challenge right now and who has has finally, after me annoying the shit out of her for 10 years, dove into tracking and she's seeing amazing results and she just crushed the New York City Marathon, sent me this quote the other day and it's so right. Hang around with five smokers you become the sixth. Hang around with five overweight friends, you become the sixth. Hang around with five fit people and you become the sixth. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Choose our circle of influence wisely. And it is so true. You may be able to avoid habits of your friends for a while, but eventually they're going to get to you. You're going to see yourself differently. You're going to do different habits. You're going to be surrounded by guck. Get yourself in a community that preaches the right thing. Do something different. I know change is scary. You People like being in their, in the known, even if the known is not making them happy. People know smoking is not good, but it, but it's their identity. And they're afraid to not do it anymore, even though they know it will benefit them. It's the same with weight loss. It's the same with these patterns that everybody is in. Do something different. Be uncomfortable for a little bit, but let someone hold your hand. Let me be that person you can text at all hours to help you out. Surround yourself with a community of people supporting you. Every single one of you can do this. It's just about if you want to or not. But do me one favor. If you decide not to, if you decide to keep jumping on the next fad diet or do weight loss drugs, shut up up about how shitty you feel about yourself. I cannot stand the people that complain, but yet do nothing about it. If you're going to do nothing about it, stop talking about it. Can't have both. You can't feel bad for yourself, but then not do anything to change it. So please reach out to some coach. Obviously, please vet them. If they are promising you weight loss, run away. No coach, no matter how good they are, can promise you weight loss because it all actually depends on you. So please do not fall for anything with a promise attached to it. The only thing we are going to promise you here is guidance, accountability, support, but I cannot promise you change unless you do it yourself. So that is it for our, I believe it's the first podcast of the new year. And I hope maybe some of you go back to your milky pen journals and change your resolutions. Um, Hopefully my resolution podcast also helped you set some good ones, but if you did not, 
Let's go back and change those weight loss goals. Let's go back and make them energy goals and strength goals and sleeping through the night goals. And then we can look at cutting calories and doing this the right way. And I can promise you, if you do follow those steps, you will never have to jump on a fad diet again. The 15-pound weight loss will be a forever weight loss. So have an awesome day. I'm so glad you listened to this. Please share. I think a lot of people would benefit from this podcast. It's filled with education about the weight loss and dieting cycle. Um, I also think it speaks to a lot of people that think they should be cutting calories when they're only doing themselves more harm. So please share this one. Let me know how your thoughts. Reach out for questions. If there's anything else you want to know, my DMs are always open. I will talk to you. It is not anyone but me. Um, I'm way not cool enough to have someone answering my DMs. So it is me. I'm here for anyone if you're a client or not. And again, have a great day. Please review. Please like. Please share. Um, Come be a client. And let's show up. Change your life. And live a minus. Oh,